What is up, everybody? I'm back. Took a uh, vacation to the great state of California, so that's why there was no episode for a while. Just got back very recently. Uh, I always like going to the state of California. I mean, if you know me, you know that I could, I could live there. I could live there 365 days a year, 24-7. I mean, this is who I am. So now I'm back, and there was so much sports news going on while I was gone. And the first one we're going to talk about is the MLB is returning. They're back, baby. They're back. They are anticipated to start to begin their regular season on July 23rd and 24th. This is so exciting. This is exciting. Um, I want to open this up. We're going to talk about the rules and stuff in a little in a little bit. But I just want to open up talking about the game of baseball, simply. Uh, the thing about the game of baseball is, you know, not everybody loves it. But there is a part, I believe, of everybody. There's part of everyone that likes baseball you know whether that be you're out in the backyard it's a cool april night and you're you're playing catch uh, with your dad your mom sister brother it doesn't matter just just game of catch or you know you're going to the ballpark it's a summer night you're going to the ballpark with a bunch of friends or even family and feeling that atmosphere even even though you may not like baseball at all just even being there feels awesome that the atmosphere of the stadium the fans the players i mean the atmosphere of a ballpark of a baseball field is is unreal it's unlike anything you've ever experienced or whether you enjoy playing the game simply the playing the game provides so much joy for people you know expressing yourself in a different way channeling emotions and putting it all on the field, leaving it all on the field. Or you like watching it at home because you don't live where your favorite team plays. So you have to watch it on television, like what I have to do with the Angels. I don't live in California. I don't live in in Anaheim, so I have to watch them on TV. I can go to the Salt Lake Bees game. I can go to the Ogden Raptors. I can even go to the Orem Owls. But seriously, I believe baseball provides happiness and joy for for everybody, regardless of age, gender, whatever. Baseball is a source of happiness for many. You may not recognize it, but when you think about it, it really is. So I'm so I'm so glad to see baseball's back. I mean, baseball's been a big part of my life for a long time. I have loved it. Baseball is my favorite sport, if you don't know. Baseball is my favorite sport for the longest time. The longest time. I love being in the ballpark. I love watching games. I love playing the game. So baseball, when it was gone, once spring training was cut short and everything was just gone, it was like a big part not only my life, but my family's life was gone. You know, we're huge Angels fans. Huge Angels fans. 
And we love going to the ballpark. We love watching games. We love playing games of cats or, you know, we even play in softball leagues, you know, baseball leagues. When that's gone, that's taken away because of COVID-19. It sucks. It sucked. So I am very, very happy to see that it's back. Very, very happy. So let's talk about the rules and kind of what the guidelines are. So this is this uh, what I am getting my facts from is from Mark Feensan. Um, this article was written on June 23rd of 2020. So here's what it is. Okay, so it was a unanimous vote. Um. To, to restart, to just have a season. So here's 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 the thing. The league asked the MLBPA to confirm that players could report to training camps by July 1st, which the union agreed to on Tuesday. MLB is working with a variety of public health experts, infectious disease specialists, and technology providers on a comprehensive approach that aims to facilitate a safe return. Players will undergo COVID-19 testing upon arrival, then begin workouts if they test negative. Players, coaches, and support staff will be tested for COVID-19 every other day during training camps, the regular season, and postseason. Anybody testing positive will be quarantined. Two negative tests are reportedly required for a return. Players will also receive temperature symptom checks at least twice per day, and antibody testing will be conducted approximately once per month. It is a 60-game regular season proposal. Um, In order to mitigate travel, the schedule would include 10 games for each team against its four divisional opponents, along with 20 games against the opposite league's corresponding geographical division. For example, the AL East will play the NL East and so on. For the, mass, for the vast majority of teams, spring training 2.0 will be held in the club's major league ballparks as recent spikes of the coronavirus in both Florida and Arizona caused all 30 spring facilities to be shut down for deep cleaning. Pitchers and catchers will report first, followed by position players. Teams will be allowed to invite 60 players to big league camp with only those players eligible to play during the season. Each team's 60-man list must be submitted by Sunday afternoon. Teams will have the ability to send up to 20 players who are not on the 40-man roster to an alternate site. The designated hitter rule will be used in both leagues in 2020, part of the league's health and safety protocols for this season. Here are some several other rules that will be instituted actually during this shortened season. Teams will open the season with a 30-man active roster. It will be reduced to 28 players after two weeks, then to 26 after four weeks. The trade deadline will be August 31st. To be eligible for the postseason, a player must be added to the Major League roster by September 15th. Teams will be permitted to carry up to three taxi squad players on the road during the season, though if a team carries three such players, one must be a catcher. During extra inning games in the regular season, each half inning will begin with a runner on second base, the batter who made the final out in the previous inning, or a pinch runner for that batter, would be that runner. They actually have that rule in minor league baseball. There will be a 10-day injured list for both pitchers and hitters, though the 60-day injured list will be reduced to a 45-day injured list. 
There will be a separate injured list for players who either test positive or have symptoms confirmed ex- or confirmed exposure to COVID-19. There is no maximum or minimum days for this injured list. MLB's transaction freeze, which has been in place since the season was suspended, will end on Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern time. So that's already gone, came gone. And in addition to COVID-19 testing every other day, some other health precautions are as follows. Team personnel and players not likely to participate in the game. For example, the next day starting pitcher will be sitting in the stands or another area designated by the club at least six feet apart. Non-playing personnel will wear masks in dugout and bullpen at all times. No spitting or chewing tobacco. Gum is permitted. No celebratory contacts such as high fives, fist bumps, hugs, etc. And players will be paid a full prorated portion of their 2020 salary based on games played which will equal approximately 30 37% for the full season. So there's those rules. There's there's a lot of them, but I think it's a good plan to have in place. You know, MLB and these leagues are dealing with what they've been dealt. And I I I celebrate this. I I applaud Major League Baseball for finally placing rules in and saying, you know what, we need to play a season. Enough of this back and forth, because it was back and forth forever. They were going to argue on every little detail. The MLBPA could say, okay, we want 65 games. Rob Manfred would say no. Rob Manfred would come with 62 games. MLBPA would say no. It, it, it That's how it went. It was getting to a point where it was this old, and that's why I thought for a while, I was like, ah, oh, crap. We're not going to have an MLB season because we're going to be too back and forth. The PA and Rob Manfred aren't going to agree on anything at all. It's it's not going to happen. But now it's here. It's finally here. So I want to tell you the team that I think will come out with this, with the with the World Series at the end of the day. I believe the Los Angeles Dodgers. Come out with it. Because here's the thing, all right? They already made a a very risky move, trading for Mookie Betts and David Price. You trade Alex Verdugo to the Red Sox along with uh, Jeter Downs. And, And the sad thing is, is Mookie Betts can elect to not re-sign with the Dodgers after this season. So it was already a gamble already, whether you played 162 games or 40 games. You don't know if Betts wants to stay or he wants out after the season. All right, you got David Price. David Price has not been very good. You know, he had that tenure where he was he was with the Tigers and he was solid, you know, right? He was just, he was great. And then he comes to the Red Sox and he has a great 2018 season. I mean, he was 16-7 and seven with a 3.58 ERA. You can't argue that. that was, that's a good season. And then 2019 comes around and he stinks. I mean, he pitched in 22 games. At a seven and five record, but a four point two eight ERA, it didn't even matter about the record. It seemed like he was losing more than he was winning. He was getting pulled out of games early. There were games I'd watch. He was getting pulled out of the fourth inning, fifth inning, 
There were times where he'd even be pulled out in the third inning because he couldn't get the job done. And he's a, he's a Dodger now. How is he going to fit in in L.A.? I think he fits in well. That Dodgers rotation, you got Ross Stripling, Clayton Kershaw, you add David Price. Remember, the Dodgers got rid of Kent to Maeda. Maeda's on the Twins now. Walker Bueller coming off a magnificent season. I think the Dodgers look well. Cody Bellinger coming off that MVP season. You had Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts had that MVP season when I think Trout should have won. And he's kind of slipped. It's not like a drastic slip, but it has been a noticeable one where we're like, oh, that's not the Mookie Betts we know. But like I've mentioned before, a change of scenery can mean the world to a guy. So we don't, I think Betts kills it in LA. You have Kike Hernandez, also known as Enrique Hernandez. He's a diamond to the rough, dude. He's just one of those finds that you're like, okay, wow, all right. Corey Seager's back off injury. Turner's pretty solid. You have Gavin Lux. You have Max Muncy. The Dodgers are in great shape. They're in great shape. And some of you are rolling over right now like, dude, why didn't you say the Yankees? Why didn't you say the Yankees at all? Because I think the Yankees really won't be prepared. I don't think Aaron Judge is as good as he was. I don't like Aaron Judge, really. Uh, and pitching-wise, right? So you got you got pitching-wise, right? So the rotation for the Yankees would probably be James Paxton, Tanaka, Garrett Cole. And the Yankees after that have to look at maybe, okay, do we want to start Hap or do we go with Jordan Montgomery? Or they even have the option of, one of their pitching prospects. But how do you know if that's going to work out? Yankees are, are a good team, right? Gary Sanchez behind the plate. That guy, He's a solid hitter as well as defensively. You got Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt's going to come back healthy. Aaron Judge. You hope he's healthy. Giancarlo Stanton. Oh, my gosh. You hope that guy's healthy. He hasn't been healthy for the last, like, three, four seasons. And it's been terrible. Uh, and you've seen it. He's hit a really deep decline. He's not He's not as good as he once was. He's not like Miami Marlins, Stan, who was freaking wrecking it. He's not a, as big as a threat as he used to be. The Yankees have a stacked pitching staff. That's where That's where they dominate. And they have a decent bullpen, too. The Dodgers... Bullpen, on the other hand, is a little up and down. Kenley's, you know, he's pretty good. You you know what to expect. But you got a guy like Pedro Baez. You're kind of like, it's, it's kind of up in the air sometimes. Who knows? So, no, I do think the Dodgers come out of this, though. I think the Angels make the playoffs this season. I really do. I really do. Shohei Otani's coming back healthy. He can hit and pitch this season. Pitching-wise for the Angels, we're looking okay. Okay, we got Otani, Julio, Otani, Julio Tehran, Dylan Bundy. We can even have Matt Andres pitch, Griffin Canning, 
Jose Suarez, Jaime Barilla. We're set starting-wise. And I, I hope guys like Dylan Bundy work out and maybe even a Matt Andrees. I like Matt Andrees. He had pretty good numbers with, with Arizona. Offensively, the Angels are going to be a threat this season. You add the big bat of Anthony Rendon. He's your new third baseman. He is a great defender as well. Simba is a dependent defender. Needs to work a little bit more on the offensive side, but he can still get on base. David Fletcher and Tommy Lastella. Okay, they're probably going to split time at that second base, or maybe Lastella DHs. I don't know. Pujols is coming off the season. Okay, Albert Pujols, man. This could be the season. This could be the season for him. I mean, he's 12 RBIs from 2087, which would make him second on the all-time RBI list. And he's five home runs from 661, and he would pass Willie Mays for fifth all-time on the home run list. Albert at first. Okay, we're good there. Catcher-wise, we have Castro and Stasi. Not we, the Angels. Angels have Castro and Stasi. In the outfield, the Angels have Goodwin, Upton, Trout. They're probably going to call up Joe Adele. Do we see Brandon Marsh called up this year? I don't know. Fletcher can even play a little bit outfield. The Angels will make the playoffs this year. I'm making that statement now. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I see a good team, and I see a team poised and ready to attack. They're here. They want to play. Uh, they're ready. Mike Trout's ready. He got, he's coming off an MVP season, too. He wants to win. Rendon's coming off a World Series. He wants to play. He's ready to go. These guys are ready, man. These guys are ready. So, moving on from baseball, let's talk about another major sports league in the NBA. NBA is returning very soon as well. Actually, the MO, the NBA is scheduled to return on the 31st of July. Dude, there, so uh, three major sports leagues start within the same time frame. On the 24th, MLB begins. On the 30th, the NHL begins. And on the 31st, the NBA begins. And then the next month, the PGA Championship comes back. So we're just getting we're sports are being thrown at us now, and I love it. I love it. But NBA, I just con I concocted up the five best NBA Finals matchups that we want to see, and that I want to see. So number five for me, the Brooklyn Nets versus the Los Angeles Clippers. The Brooklyn Nets, obviously. Very hyped-up team coming into the offseason. You get Katie and Kyrie. Everybody's sold on them, except Ryan Hollins. Pretty much everybody is sold on the idea of Katie and Kyrie. Katie's got to sit this year out. But now Kyrie gets hurt. So you have to count on guys like Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie to, get, to carry the team. Even a, even a DeAndre Jordan, who's a veteran at this point in his career. Jared Allen. Who would want to see him? I mean, they have they don't have an NBA championship. The Nets don't. They have two ABA championships, but they're ready to put a banner for an NBA championship. 
And the Clippers, for obvious reasons, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, another hyped-up team coming into the offseason. They got the king of free agency, who was Kawhi Leonard. And then you got Paul George out of the blue. We're ready. I wanted to see it. I want to see it. Number four for me, Bucks versus Clippers. Last year's MVP versus last year's finals MVP. Last year, two matched up, and when Kawhi was guarding Mr. Giannis Antetokounmpo, he held him to only 20 points a game with 23.5 field goal percentage over uh, the last four games. <laughs> I mean, Bucks haven't won a title since 71 when Kareem was on the team. They're ready to put another banner in the arena. The thing is, though, I mean, the Bucks won both matchups this year, but Paul George didn't play in one of the games. So it would be quite a series, to say the least. The Clippers haven't won in NBA Finals. They're ready to put a banner in the Staples Center for themselves. They're tired of looking at the Lakers' banners. This would be quite an interesting matchup to see if Kawhi can shut down Giannis again or if Giannis can shut down Kawhi. It would be a great series. We want to see it. I want to see it. Number three, Nets versus Lakers. L.A. versus New York. What more is there to say, really? Number two, Lakers versus Celtics. I know a lot of you are surprised. Okay, so here's the thing. If you watched the Celtics-Lakers game when Jason Tatum went off at Staples, it was absolutely incredible. It was jaw-dropping. He was hitting pretty much every shot he was putting up. It was it was incredible. He made LeBron look bad. He made the Lakers look bad that game. And it was just one guy, Jason Tatum. And then when we think of NBA history and, and historical matchups, our mind instantly turns to Celtics-Lakers, Magic Bird. <laughs> Excuse me. Right? We think of the Magic Bird matchups. So if we see a Celtics-Lakers finals, it's going to bring back a lot of good memories and feelings for people. People are going to love it. People are going to love it, and it's going to, it's going to spark that rivalry again. Yeah, right? So we're going to love it. And the first one for me, the number one matchup, it's, it's Bucks versus Lakers, obviously. Right? Bucks won the first matchup of the season, and the Lakers the second. You got two MVP candidates, the two all-star captains the last two seasons. I mean, really, honestly, who would not want to see this matchup in the finals? LeBron, Giannis, <coughs> Davis, Middleton. Who wouldn't want to, man? Can Alex Caruso put on a show? The Carew Show. Who wouldn't want to see this, man? Come on. Seriously. Two MVP candidates. The All-Star captains. I mean, these guys are neck and neck for MVP. A lot of people are now voicing their opinions like, dude, it's LeBron by a landslide. Which, you know, like I said before, I think LeBron should be the MVP for this season. And then people are voicing their opinion for Giannis. Like, no, dude, he's out of the gate. He's been the better player. Like, this this will be a, this will be a fun fun NBA finals. I I promise that, man. It'll be interesting to see what happens and 
who comes out on top, who's prepared, who isn't. Because really, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if we did see sloppy basketball at first. If we saw sloppy basketball, I don't think any of us would really be surprised, right? Like We wouldn't be like, oh my gosh. I mean, they haven't been playing for three, four months. Come on, give them a break. Give them a break. Speaking of break, I'm going to take a break right now. When we come back, I'm going to predict when the rookie quarterbacks will get their first career win. We're going to talk about Browns and the playoffs hopes. So make sure to stay tuned. Welcome back to the second hour. Told you I was going to predict when rookie quarterbacks will get their first career win. And I am. All right, we're going to start with the number one overall pick in this 2020 NFL draft, who was Mr. Joe Burrow out of LSU. And the Cincinnati Bengals take Joe Burrow. All right. And here's Joe Burrow's problem. Joe Burrow is entering a brutal and ruthless division for an NFL rookie. Here's the thing, all right? Joe Burrow will lose to the Chargers at home. He will lose to the Browns in Cleveland. And then he'll lose to the Eagles at home. So he'll start 0-3. Then in week four, they play the Jacksonville Jaguars, who I believe the Jacksonville Jaguars are a team who are on a rebuilding phase. They got rid of Nick Foles. They got rid of Jalen Ramsey, arguably their best players. They're ready to move on with Gardner Minshew, and we'll see if Leonard Fournette is a part of that rebuilding and moving on phase. So I believe Joe Burrow gets his first win in week four against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who is a team who is scrambling to get a squad together. Okay? Mr. Tua Tagovailoa, he was the next quarterback picked in the draft. He was picked by the Miami Flippin' Dolphins. They're excited to have him. I can tell Miami is ready for Mr. Tua. But here's the thing. The story at this moment in time is that Ryan Fitzpatrick is the starter. Right, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a starter. There's no doubt about it. They are not going to move forward with Tua right now. They are moving forward with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And to be honest, I think it's really smart at the start of the season because Ryan Fitzpatrick has a history of being absolutely superb at the beginning of the season. Right? So I believe Ryan Fitzpatrick comes out and he beats the Patriots right off the bat because statistically speaking, Bill Belichick's Worst month is September, and Ryan Fitzpatrick's best month is September. He's also, it's also in very large favor towards Ryan Fitzpatrick that he's a seasoned quarterback who's matched up against Belichick many times in his career. Think back to last season, last game of the season for the New England Patriots. They lose to Ryan And the Miami Dolphins. He beats Bill Belichick. He has a history of beating Bill Belichick. So I trust Ryan Fitzpatrick to win that week one game. 
But after New England, I see the Dolphins losing to Buffalo, beating Jacksonville, then losing to Seattle and San Francisco. After San Francisco, Miami goes to play Vic Fangio and the Denver Broncos, where many Dolphins fans and NFL analysts are going to be very, very impatient. They're going to be knocking on the Dolphins' door saying, dude, what what are you doing? Why aren't you starting Tua? The kid is ready. We're ready. We're tired of losing. We want to win for once. That win against the Patriots was great, but we want to win. And you know what Miami's going to do? They're going to start Ryan Fitzpatrick against Denver. You know why? Because Vic Fangio, one of the best defensive coaches in the league, is not an ideal first start for a rookie quarterback. It's not. Think about it. Vic Fangio would pummel Tua. Miami will lose. Miami's going to lose to Denver. Then the next week against the Chargers, the Dolphins are finally going to start Tua. And Tua will lose to the Los Angeles Chargers because the Chargers have arguably the best secondary in the NFL. So Tua loses to them, and then he'll get the start the next week at home against the Rams because and the, he'll get a win. He's going to beat the Los Angeles Rams because the previous week, the Rams play a Monday night football game, which causes a short week for them. So, Mr. Tua, he will get a win in week eight. He'll start in week seven but lose to the Chargers and then start again in week eight and beat the Rams. Next, Mr. Justin Herbert out of Oregon. (sighs) Beat my beloved Utah Utes in the Pac-12 championship game. So I'm still a little salty about him, but I love this kid. I love this kid. And it's almost this the Chargers situation is almost the same situation as the Dolphins. And as as of this moment, Tyrod Taylor is going to be the starter for the Los Angeles Chargers. And the Chargers are a hundred percent all in on him. I don't know why, but apparently they are. So here's what I think happens with Tyrod Taylor. He's going to beat the Bengals. He's going to lose to Kansas City. He's going to beat Carolina. Then he's going to lose two in a row to Tampa and New Orleans. At this point, they will be two and three, and the coaching staff will still be committed to him. I think Tyrod Taylor, after this two-game losing streak, goes on a three-game winning streak, beating the Jets, Dolphins, and Jaguars. But in week nine, he's going to lose to Derek Carr, and the Raiders in Los Angeles. He will then proceed to lose the next two as well, to Denver and Buffalo. I think after that stretch, really, Anthony Lynn and his staff look at the team overall and have to say to themselves, I mean, we're obviously losing to the better defensive in the league. It's time to start Herbert. It's time for the kid to come in. So I believe Herbert starts week 13 and gets the win at home against the New England Patriots. Then after New England, the schedule is quite manageable 
for a rookie quarterback, and he can actually win, you know, possibly the next three, four games. So I believe Justin Herbert starts week 13 and gets his first career win in week 13. Next, and the last pick of the NFL first round NFL draft, actually not the last pick, the last quarterback picked in the first round was Mr. Jordan Love to the Green Bay Packers. And we discussed this the Aaron Rodgers situation a couple episodes ago. I believe the Packers are committed to Aaron Rodgers 100% all 17 weeks of this season. Aaron Rodgers starts every game, and we do not see Jordan Love on the field. May We maybe see him hold the ball for a field goal, right? But depending on how this situation kind of pans out, if Aaron Rodgers at the end of the season is like, I'm done. I'm tired of the I'm tired of this organization. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of that. I'm out. And he leaves. Jordan Love will get his first start in 2021. And I can't predict when he'll get a win. But if Aaron Rodgers manages somehow to be positive and and happy about the situation, I believe Jordan Love doesn't even start in 2021. And Aaron Rodgers, once again, Packers are 100% committed to him all 17 weeks in 2021. And then after that, I think the Packers, after the 2021 season, the Packers will be done with Aaron Rodgers. By this time, they will have only gotten one Super Bowl after, after out of Mr. Rodgers, and they'll be ready to move on. And that's when Jordan Love will start. If the situation turns out to be a positive, Jordan Love will get hit his first start in 2022. But we never know how the situation will pan out. We don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to whine, complain, and get moved out. Maybe he leaves during the season. We don't know. But I believe Aaron Rodgers is here for this season. He's here for the long haul. Packers are committed to him once again, all 17 weeks. And we don't see Jordan Love till next season. If the situation turns out to be ugly, if it turns out to be okay, 2022 for Mr. Jordan Love. Speaking of football, we're still going to be on the subject of football. We're going to talk about the Cleveland Browns. I got asked this question a lot recently, and it's, are the Cleveland Browns a playoff team this season? And to be honest, yes. Last season, no. Everybody was telling me Cleveland is a for sure shoe-in for the playoffs this season. And you know what? I was like the guy everybody hated. I came in, I said no. Cleveland's not a playoff team. And you know what you did? You pushed back. You started. You wanted to fight me. You're like, dude, 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 you're wrong. They got Odell. They got Jarvis. They got Baker. Freddie Kitchens is a solid coach. We're going to get it to the playoffs. And you know what happens? The Browns end up being a below 500 team and don't make the playoffs. Okay? But this year is different for Cleveland. This year, the Browns will be above 500. And to be honest, it's quite clear why they will be and why they'll be in the playoffs. It's because the Cleveland Browns have an easy schedule. Once again, I'll mention this. Last year, it was obvious why Cleveland wasn't a 500 team or a playoff team. It's because Baker Mayfield, in his first year starting, 
Freddie Kitchens was in his first year as a head coach. That was his first head coach job, including college, high school, and NFL. That was his first head coaching job. And the main reason they stunk was Cleveland had an awful, disgusting offensive line. It was hideous. If you broke down their season last year, okay, seven of the eight coaches they faced at the beginning were these were these seven coaches, okay? Mike Vrabel, Sean McVay, John Harbaugh, Kyle Shanahan, Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick, and Vic Fangio. Looking at these seven coaches, I knew they were going to get the snot beaten out of them. I already knew that. Seven of the first eight weeks, they were going to get the living snot beat out of them. This the reason though the Browns will go back to the playoffs this year is because of the schedule. I can't stress it enough. A lot of you say schedule doesn't matter. Schedule it's all just a fluke. No, schedule matters and that's why when the schedule comes out, I stress it and I talk about it a lot because schedule means everything. Okay, let's discuss this. Look at coaches they first have to face. The first week they have to face John Harbaugh and the Baltimore Ravens. Okay, that's going to be a loss for them. But after that, they face Zach Taylor, who we don't even know will be all that great with Mr. Joe Burrow. We don't. Okay, then you know, they face Ron Rivera and the Washington Redskins. And Ron Rivera is going to be enforcing a new system with Dwayne Haskins Jr., who we don't know is that great of a quarterback either. Then you have Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott, who have never been work associates before. Then after that, you have, <coughs> excuse me, you have Frank Wright and Philip Rivers, who haven't worked together. And then two weeks later, you play Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow again. After Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor, you play John Gruden and Derek Carr, who don't even really like each other anymore. That relationship has been broken up, and guess what? They're like the toxic couple that stay together but drag each other down. For this reason, this is why the Browns could potentially go 10-6 and or 9-7 and this season and be a playoff team. The Browns got lucky, and they got a scheduling break. Because guess what? Baker Mayfield... Not a phenomenal quarterback. Not a flat-out amazing quarterback. So getting a scheduling break for Cleveland is a huge, huge part of it. Huge part for this team (coughs) in determining their success for this upcoming season. That's it for me today, folks. Hope you all enjoyed the episode. I always have fun talking NFL. It's just right around the corner. MLB is right around the corner. NFL is right around the corner. NBA is right around the corner. NHL is right around the corner. We're ready. I'm ready. Let's do this still. There's so much sports news going on. I have still so much to talk about. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Make sure to hand sanitize, wear a face mask in public. You know, take all the necessary precautionary uh, measures. So make sure to stay safe. Until next time, guys. Love y'all.